0: Welcome to Femme Collective with Katie, Stacy, and Mai. Welcome to Femme Collective. We've got a really exciting conversation today. We're going to be talking about social media. Um, it's a good topic for us to talk about because we all use it, and I bet all of you do too. In fact, if you're listening to this on Spotify, that's probably also considered social media. So, what we want to talk about today and what you'll hear from us, of course, is our varying different opinions and perspectives. But we want to talk about the benefits and the challenges of social media, how we have both simultaneously benefited immensely from the connection that we've gotten from social media, but also some of the disadvantages like comparing yourselves to others or taking a look at other people's lives and wondering why yours doesn't look the same. So what we'll base our conversation on today is a 2020 Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma. And the way that it is described is that it's a documentary that examines how social media's design nurtures an addiction, manipulates people's views, emotions, and behavior, and spreads conspiracy theories and disinformation to maximize profit. The film also examines the issue of social media's effect on mental health, including the mental health of adolescents and the rising teen suicide rates. The film features interviews with many former employees and other professionals from top tech companies. These interviewees draw on their primary experiences at their companies to discuss how such platforms have caused negative problematic social political and cultural consequences. Some of the interviewees qualify that social media platforms and big tech companies have provided some positive change for society as well. These interviews are presented alongside scripted dramatizations of a teenager's social media addiction. So in preparing to talk to both of you about this, I watched The Social Dilemma again. And just to be totally honest, I deleted all social media after that, except Pinterest. I couldn't do it. But, you know, the things that I saw in there are so scary and, and the people they interview, they have such credibility because they were top executives at these companies as they were trying to determine how to monetize these corporations. And a few things that resonated entirely with me is one, as a user of social media platforms, whose business model is to generate revenue through advertisements they are selling users to advertisers. A goal of theirs is to see how much time that they can get you to spend on the screen. How much of your life can you give to this company? Who can then monetize you? If you're not paying for the product, the product is you. And those, that is a direct quote from um, Tristan Harris, which is kind of the, he is kind of the star of the show. And he, I believe worked at Facebook. Um, where they worked just to figure out what they can do to get you to stay on the screen for as long as possible so that they continue to generate money from advertisers. Um, And their goal is to try to see, is to try to predict what it is that you need, want, or are going to do next. So that that way they can figure out a way to keep you on. I think that they all mentioned early on in the documentary that this that social media was not created for this purpose. It has evolved into this, right? The creation of it was a bit more pure, right? Connecting people socially online, like making sure you can stay in contact with your family and your friends and see what's going on with them and understand what kind of life changes are happening kind of in one place. This has been the struggle for me with trying to get off of social media is like, I don't want to miss out on some of those things, which is. This is the primary forum where a lot of people communicate with their family members or people where they, who they don't live very close to, right? It's a way to do it like all at once. And in the small town where I live, I want to know what's going on here. You know, like what is the farmer's market closed this morning? Like, did my coffee shop shut down for some reason? Is there a band playing here that I didn't know about, you know, and I, I say it kind of jokingly to some of my friends now. I'm like, I wish there was just like this huge bulletin board somewhere where you could find out everything that's going on, but that is social media. That is Facebook. Like that's what it was created to do originally. And that still remains the benefit for me. So Maya and Stacy, I want to ask you, you know, Stacy, I think that you, in just some previous conversations we've had, you seem a bit more open to the benefits and, and it, and have found ways to use social media in a positive way for you. I'd love to hear from you on what that means, what it looks like to you and, you know, just your general thoughts on the, on the documentary. I actually watched maybe 20 minutes of the
1: documentary, but it was definitely giving me some other documentary vibes, like what the health type of stuff where it's, it kind of has like this overarching, like scary type of approach to it. So after the first 20 minutes, I was kind of like, well, I get the gist of it. I get what's behind it. But in general, my thoughts are kind of similar to like a lot of other things that come up. Like, if you look back in historically, like when the radio came out, people were like, oh no, the radio is going to cause our kids to like turn to these monsters. And like every new thing has its adverse implications. And a lot of times things start out pure, like you said. But when humans get involved, when greed, money, and all that gets involved, there's going to be evil elements that get intertwined with it, right? So it's kind of just the nature of that beast. Um, And then the other aspect that I think about with it too is just like, I think we have to really start examining ourselves individually in our relationship to social media. And it's a new thing. And I'm speaking from the viewpoint of a millennial, right? Like, so when social media came out for me, I was in college. So like, not that I like knew myself 100% (laughs) at that time, but I was older, right? So I had a little bit of formation that's already going on in my perspective of the world, right? Versus like these kids now who like social media was here, like predates them. Like it was here before they came into the world. So I think my view is going to be a little bit different from that perspective too. I don't know that I'm like, oh, it's more positive than negative. I'm more neutral about it in the sense that, there's positive elements and that there's negative elements and I always have to come back to Stacey and say like what is your relationship to social media and like for me it, that's, trans- that's transformed over the years right like before it was more of a social thing the stage where I'm at now it's more of an information purpose it's more for me to share my life because I'm trying to build a brand a platform some kind of business to so where I can build a community Um, And start having an impact on the world. And it gives me that opportunity to put my voice out there to hopefully touch people that I wouldn't be able to touch from not having social media. So I think it's evolved over time. And I do have to stop and catch myself sometimes now where I'm like, okay, are you on this person's profile because you genuinely are supporting them and you want to see what's going on in their lives and it it excites you and you're, you're there to encourage them? Or did you happen to get upon this page because you were being nosy and you're wondering how they were doing or how much their account grew? And it's like getting into that habit of training my mind to check myself. And I know everybody is not in that space to have the capacity to, to do that. But for me, that's where I'm at. Okay. Like, why am I on this page? Am I on it for positive reasons? And now what also has evolved for me is I'm more on that space to produce content versus consuming content Mm. so I'm always checking myself like this is a tool for me to try to build my platform build my business on the side versus to be entertainment for me if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah that's an important point I mean I think checking yourself is a big deal. And you are in quite a different position where you are being a generator of content instead of someone who consumes it. Because I think the majority of us are consumers of content. And I, something you said really struck me as that you've been on kind of a journey with what your, your relationship is with social media Because I remember back when I met my husband and I'm posting on social media all the time, like, look how perfect he is. Look at what he did for me. Look at all these beautiful things. And I thought it was just like totally normal, like just sharing all the joy that I had. But when I took a closer look at it, I mean, probably two or three years into our relationship, I thought to myself, like, why am I doing this? Like, is this really for me? Or is this because I want some people to think of me in a certain way? And taking that really hard look is hard because of course you want to come off well to other people. Like none of us want to, you know, come off poorly, but is that really a healthy relationship to have with social media? And I went back and looked in my, my, on my Facebook from about that time. And I noticed this like drop off of me posting things. Because it was this sudden realization of like, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing it for someone else. And that makes me a little bit sick. And I don't want to do that. And so that has been like a recurring thought to me throughout, you know, since then, probably a decade ago when I thought about that. And so I continue to think that, like, is this helping or harming? Is this, you know, do, is this for me? And, you know, is this the only way for me to get this message out there? Like, do I really need to, like, I actually don't have any pictures of my, of my daughter on Facebook. For me, she's not at an age where she can approve that her whole life has, is going to be online forever. You know, from the time that she was born, she may be totally cool with it. I imagine she probably will, but it was just hard for me to make that decision. And I get why people share photos of their kids. It's so rewarding to share something that you're so proud of. And you know, children you love and who are so cute and adorable and you want everyone to see. And I want to do that too. And I've just had to kind of find a back channel to do it like through group messages or something. But yeah, Stacy, I totally feel you on, on realizing that that relationship change or changes over the years and that you got to keep yourself in check. Mai, what do you think? Um, I think so many things. I think that you guys have both said um, a lot of great, you know, things
2: that I agree with. And then also just in general, when it comes to the documentary, I I will be honest with you. I was very uh, similar to Stacy. I got really I mean I felt hopeless as I was watching it. I felt angry, fearful, and I don't I don't like feeling that way, right? I mean, I don't think anybody does, but at some point I I am pretty influenced by what I watch, just like all of us may be, subconsciously or consciously, and I just had to stop it. So, I actually had to write that watch it in two parts, um where I had to kind of just take a break and then I came back to it the next day, more mentally prepared for what I was going to watch. And I'll say that at the end of it, it did end in, on a more hopeful note, which was nice. I needed it personally. <laughs> and I was able to then like really reflect on it. And, and it's just a matter of, you know, I'm not going to stay in a hopeless, fearful space. I just can't. It's not in my DNA. It's not who I am. So in taking in all the information, which I think is great information, I mean, knowledge is truly power here. And coming from all these experts, extremely intelligent human beings that obviously created some of these things. So who else can speak to it? But I was able to, I did lean on some hope just by watching it because these people did not create these things with, a, with malice behind it. Most of them did not. And that makes me feel good, right? And then also just a matter of they're sharing it. They want me to know this. They don't have to tell me that this whole world is like a religion that just focuses on profits, which is basically capitalism, right? Like everything else in, 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 in the world, mainly America. It was just something where I was able to say, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? And then what am I going to, how am I going to let it change my life in a positive way? And, and that's about it. But I was taken back by the fact that when they said at first, you know, that we're users, one of the one of the individuals there did correct themselves and say, it's not that we're just users, right? They want to influence our behavior. They want to change it. And they want to make sure that they get an emotional response out of everything we see. Nobody, nothing, should have that much control over you. Nothing. So there's something where once you know that it's like okay I know what this was made to do I know that this post from this person was made to get an emotional response from me I'm not going to give them that that privilege I'm just not going to do that and so like similar to Stacey said just being able to check in with myself now knowing what I know it, it has helped me it's allowed me to put my phone down in moments where I'm like I'm wasting time and really just check in and understand what am I doing in this moment and how am I letting it influence me? And then also really looking at it as a tool. It has great things, social media, and, and that's not limited to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and all of these, but Amazon, um, Hulu, <laughs> uh, Prime, These all these things are recommending either products or shows or, or things to you based on what you've already seen and what you spend your time on, YouTube. I mean, there's just so much out there and they have great, great benefits, but they also can impact your life negatively. And being able to understand that, you know, practice self-discipline and self-control, you're gonna be okay. You just have to constantly check in. So so thinking back to when it started, also as a millennial and I was in college, I remember thinking, why was this created? This is dumb, but I had a whole lot of friends and I was like, I just want to be with my friends that are here. I just care about the people that I hang out with here, right? And then, yeah, sometimes I would check in to know where's the next party? You know, what event is the fraternity or sorority that I care about and that I have friends in? What are they doing? So I would do that. But then I also realized that once I graduated and my circle of friends got so much smaller, I was on social media a lot more. That was like my, the, my friends were there. So that's where I wanted to be. And then again in my life, when I did grow my support system in the new place that I was in, and I met my husband, and I started my family, and I focused on my family, I was on it less. So I almost feel like sometimes social media, subconsciously, we don't realize it, but it's just filling a void. And it could be a void, for me it was, where I was lacking social connection in real life, in real time. So I went to it on this platform. Um, And at that point, I was bragging. I was showing off. I was posting my comments and my opinions that nobody probably should even know about, but I was. While when I had my, my circle and the people that, that I did want to spend time with here close to me in my home, I would just share with them. So sometimes I think that, I know personally for me, I, I find that boundary where I need to and want to spend more time with the people I actually have in my life. And reach out to via text or phone call or Facetime instead of reaching out through a DM or a post or a comment, and I think that that's helped me a ton. Just being able to 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 limit it um, and turn off notifications and just know that this is a tool and this is not something that is going to control my life.
1: I was just going to add, you know, when you guys have been talking about the the intent now to like spark or invoke an emotional response, or keep you hooked and listening, and it's, I'm not an advertising major or a marketing major, but there's this overlap behind, like, that's like the basis of advertising and marketing, it's no different than that, like, they want you to stay hooked to the commercial, like, but when it was on TV, they want you to click off, or they want you, what can we do to keep this person listening through the end of this commercial, so that we can draw them in, So now it's no different than that. It's on a social media platform. So like the platform has changed. There's a lot of stuff that's always been. It just looks a little bit different to us now. And then the other thing I will say that is something that's been an adverse impact from social media for me personally is that I noticed myself using social media to cope with darker feelings that I didn't want to face and deal with. Similar to how some people may cope with food. Because what happens is we get this dopamine fill right from whenever we're on social media and we're scrolling and we're seeing people and we're seeing where somebody liked our post and like it invokes a hormone, like an emotional response to that too. And so it was like, well, I don't want to deal with feelings of sadness or having to face something about myself. So let me pull up my Instagram and scroll because it would distract me from that feeling Versus just sitting with my feelings. So now on top of checking myself when I'm actually in the app, (laughs) now I'm having to check myself before I even like go into one of the social media apps. Like, am I looking at this because I'm trying to distract myself from a feeling I didn't want to face and feel? And if that's the case, I'm like, no, and this is something I've been working on in general. Like I need to just sit with my feelings for a minute. Like, let me just acknowledge that I'm feeling sad or bored or hopeless versus trying to immediately replace it with some other type of feeling. So I just wanted to share that that's something that I've been trying to work through as well too.
0: Yeah, I mean these are these are such great practical applications and tools that y'all are sharing today about how you approach social media by checking yourself before, during, after those kind of things. But I think the problem is is broader than that. It's it affects people who are not so highly emotionally intelligent who can take a step back every time that they pick up their phone. The, I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying from like, it is it, documentaries that are, that have very heavy information to share that are not good news, sound very scary. And doom and gloom, I, I just would wonder, I would question what their motive would be. Like they're, they're not making any money from that. In fact, they've probably been shunned by their entire industry. For speaking out about it, I can't imagine that they are somehow significantly profiting from something like this. Um, I think that we would be remiss if we didn't give it the appropriate weight and depth that it deserved by people speaking out who are basically whistleblowers. They're not making any friends by telling on all of their former major, all the mega tech companies in the world. You know, I I, I try to think about that when I watch these documentaries. Like, is it, are they coming at this from some other direction? Are they profiting? Because that's important. You know, some scare tactics are ridiculous, but I think you'll mention something about like, that it's been the same over time. Like advertising has been the same over time. And that those are some of the arguments that people in Congress make who are anti-regulation of large tech firms. Is that this is just like, this is just like when TV came about. This is just like when, you know, these things came about and the experts in this, in this documentary say, it's absolutely nothing like that. This is purposeful manipulation of your brain and your emotions for you to change your behavior. And they're doing it with artificial intelligence that gets smarter and smarter than us by the day. And it is scary that we cannot control the advancement of technology at such a rapid pace. And I just, it seems so hard for me to imagine overlooking the importance of the content of this documentary given, like, I don't know if you got to the part where they showed the the trend in teen suicides, particularly among young girls and its overlap with the introduction of social media at around middle school, it's tragic, it's tragic and it's horrible. And it's like, and you cannot explain it in any way that I can think of that would be, that would make this okay. Stacy's right. We, we didn't get this stuff till college. And I loved it in college. It was so awesome. I love to see where everyone was. It was so cool. Like these kids are getting this so early, even on YouTube. I mean, that's that, I mean, there, there was a, a primary person from YouTube on this documentary who was like, we're doing this on purpose. Like how much more do we need and how like strangely human is it to be like, everyone's telling me what's going on here, but I can overpower it. They can't manipulate me. I think that, I mean, at some point, maybe I want
2: you to know that I completely understand the gravity of this information so much so that when I watched it for a week, I was in like the most anxious state that I have been in a very long time. So personally, just worrying about my kids and what do I need to do? To be able to make sure that my children don't, don't become just another part of the statistics, the negatives, the, the, the negative things that are happening out there, but then also how can I and my children positively influence in spite of all the negative around them? So to your point, Katie, yes, I get it. And I have to take in that information, whether or not I want to hear it, but I also have to understand that I can only control what I can control. And so these things are already out there. I do not have the money or the power to shut it down. And so what can I do? And that's where it's more so, it's not that I think, oh, I'm, I have the, the mental strength to overpower this manipulation because I'm so fabulous, but it's more so it's like, I am aware of what they're trying to do to me and I'm not gonna allow it. And I have to stay vigilant and stay aware that there are things and people and, and AI out there that is trying to negatively influence me. I completely understand that it's, it's overwhelming. And it's just so sad on how it's impacted the world negatively already.
0: Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's fair. There are some things that we can do, like the, the kind of star of this documentary, like I mentioned, Tristan Harris started a nonprofit organization called the Center for Humane Technology, which I'll link in the show notes, but also, you know, there's things that you can help out with your kids. Like there's some technology called Bark. It's, it's just kind of like an online monitoring tool to kind of prevent your kids from seeing certain things to alert you if they do. Um, So there's a way to kind of not be super invasive of their privacy, because I know we're all going to have to navigate that soon, but still uh, providing for safety for them online. Stacey, do you have anything, any final things to add?
1: I'm trying to think the only other thing that came to mind, I agree with my, like, I I don't think that we're coming from a place of where like, we don't recognize that there is a significant issue here. Like there totally is. But it always kind of brings me back to this idea of like root cause. And really what's the underlying issue here? Like, is it truly social media is the issue or is there something deeper we need to be looking at and talking through and maybe we need to rethink how we're training our children to handle these things like and like I said before this is new right so it's like parents weren't like ready for this like how do I equip my child to be ready for what's out there in social media like I want my child to be equipped versus any new thing being able to overtake them because there's going to be a new thing so it's like what I'm reflecting now I don't know what that is but it's like what's the underlying issue and then what do I need to do kind of similar to what my said as a parent to equip Empower my kids to handle whatever is going to come their way because there's not going to be any perfection in this world. This world is not out to protect us. They're out to get, I mean, a lot of people are out to get our children, they're out to manipulate. And if you have any type of spiritual belief, like there's a very present enemy. Like, so it's like there's always going to be something. So I want to know how can I equip my children to be ready for whatever comes their way and not to be easily shaken by whatever's out there
0: externally. Good points to leave us on. Thanks for listening to Fem Collective.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Please be sure to write a review and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Fem Collective Podcast. We really hope you continue the discussion with us by joining our Fim Collective Facebook group. So until next time, this is Fem Collective, where it's all about empowering connection through her perspective.